Ron and Anian. Spending money replacing parts isn't a diagnosis. It can be a recipe for disaster. The car doctor. Could this be a blown head gasket? Yeah, anything's possible. Which is this, the V6 or the four-cylinder? The V6. Okay. Three liters don't blow head gaskets. Not this generation, but that's not to say it, it isn't. And I don't want to just, you know, blow up the diagnosis like that and say, nah, they don't go bad. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian. The car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey-o! Welcome. Start your engines. 855-560-9900. Ron and Annie and the car doctor sitting here at the big chair with the big mic in front of me out on the other side of the glass. I got big Tony. Everybody's big today except for little Tom. Tom's out there sitting in his chair. Big Tom. Does that make you feel better? Big Tom, no phony. No, no, no phony. He's the real baloney. Ha, 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 ha. He's, uh, he's running the phones today. His uh, motorhead Matt is out. Uh, motorhead Matt was involved in an accident. He's okay, we hear, and uh, we hope for a speedy recovery until he uh, comes back to us. So um, uh, take good care, Matthew, if you're out there listening. Let's uh, real quick, uh, let's do a little bit of business. This hour, we're down to this hour. Is it this hour, Tony? Tony shakes his head. He hears the rattle. He goes, yep. Uh, it's this hour that we're going to be giving away the Millennium 50 from the folks over at Launch, Launch Tech USA. An OBD2 scan tool with uh, all sorts of neat little functions in it, graphing and trouble codes and live data and all good things for all good mechanics. So we're giving that away this hour, so stick around for that. And um, also I want to point out that if you need more information about this show, it's cardoctorshow.com. Get out there, and uh, podcasting's available there and all sorts of good things like that. So we've done all the paperwork. We've got all the bill-paying obligations out of the way. Let's get over and talk to Brad in Minnesota, 91 Isuzu Rodeo. Brad, what's going on? Yeah, I've got the, uh, well, as you said, a 91 Isuzu Rodeo. It'll go one mile down the road or 25 miles, uh, and it just dies like you turn the ignition off. And I replaced, uh, oh, boy, the uh, I tried the replacing the electronic modules, uh, throttle sensor, everything I could think of, basically. Uh, and the only one I haven't gotten to is a crankshaft sensor because I've got to drop the drive shaft to reach it. Okay. Well, hold up before you do that. And my first, my first question is, where are you getting parts from for a '91 Isuzu? Do you have a do you have a, do you have an Isuzu source or is it all aftermarket stuff? I'm just kind of curious. Uh, actually, I go on eBay for some of it, and the rest of it is just aftermarket. Okay. New. So I just just be cautious. You know, Isuzu's been gone. I don't know. When was the last time we saw a Joe Isuzu commercial? Twelve years ago. 15 years ago. Good old Joe Isuzu has gone a long time, so I just wonder about the quality of the replacement parts. So just just be aware. You might be, if you're, if, you're, if you're throwing parts at it, you might be putting a problem back in it at some point. So you may want to hang on to the older stuff to swap it back in at some stage of the game. All right? Yep. When it, keep when it, everything. Yeah, keep everything. When it, when it dies, Brad, does it die? Will it restart right away, or is it dead and it has to sit for a while? It's dead, and I have to sit for a while. There's no spark. The engine will turn over to beat the band, but no spark. Okay. Do you happen to know, or do you have a way to tell if you've got injector pulse? Actually, no, I don't. Okay. So that's a 3-1. This is a V6, you had said. If I'm not mistaken, right. the injectors are buried under the intake plenum, correct? Yes, sir. All right. You have an O'Reilly Auto Parts near you? Yes, I do, in Hibbing. Okay. So 
there was a tool company a million years ago when 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 the car doctor was young and 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 God was a child, um, and dirt was invented. Um, there was a company out there called Thexton, and they made a device. It was a fuel injector test adapter, and it it had two connectors on it. One that would allow you to splice in a test light or a noid light into in between the harness. Of you know, goes one goes to the injector, one goes to the harness of the vehicle, and the third would be a third leg that comes out, and you could plug a Noid light in to see it blink. All right. Okay. So what I'd like to do is I'd like you to dig up that harness. I'm, I I think you could still you might have to take the plenum off to do this setup, or you might have to find another leg in the harness somewhere back at the ECM and cut into it. But the point is, I'd love to put a Noid light, or have the option to put a Noid light in there, so when this is dead, you get out of the truck. You go out, does the Noid light blink? Now, you could do this another way if you have somebody with you. If somebody cranks it and you get a mechanic stethoscope from O'Reilly Auto Parts, you can listen to the injector. Click, 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 tap, 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 tap. It makes a very distinctive sound. All right? You know, what you could do is you you could get used to the sound of the injector, what it makes and how it makes it when the engine's running so you'll know what you're looking or listening for. My point is uh-huh. I want to know, do we have an electrical signal? Not just do the injectors go, but do we have an electrical signal? All right? I think it's important to know yep. that. And, yeah, as you say, do you have spark? How are you checking for spark? Are you using a spark tester? No, I've got a meter. What do you mean you've got a meter? You know, no meter. Okay, well, yeah, and are you are you cranking it, looking for spark coming out of the end of the plug wire? This is a plug wire car, right? This is 91. Correct. Yeah. Uh, yes, I checked both the uh, plug wires and, uh, let's see, the ECM also. Okay, so do this. When you're at O'Reilly Auto Parts, they also make it. I'm going to make you spend about 50 maybe $50, $75 worth of diagnostic tools, but it's stuff you can always use, and you've, you've, spent, okay. you've spent more than that on parts already guessing, so I get to spend up to 100 to make you diagnose it. Um, you can get what they call, you can get what they call a, 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 a spark plug tester or an ignition spark tester. It's like a big spark plug with an alligator clip on it, and it's got a special yep, yep. gap. Right, you've seen these. It's got a special gap that will uh, duress the ignition coil, the ignition system, to actually, you know, can it produce spark outside the cylinder and atmosphere where there's less pressure? Again, plug it into the wire when the car is running right. See what the spark looks like. You know what you're looking for. The next time this okay. car dies, all right. Watch what I say. Yep. The next time this car dies, if it has no spark, if it has no injector pulse, unplug the alternator. All right. Really? Yeah. You heard okay. you heard me right. Okay? Unplug the alternator. Okay? If you unplug the alternator and the car runs because now it's running off of battery voltage, yeah. I'm going to tell you you've probably got a bad or a set of bad injectors. What these cars oh. did, okay? Now dig this, brother. What these cars did was the injectors would get a very high resistance value. Resistance would go out of range, and they draw too much current. And one of the characteristics of this ECM was it would see high current draw and shut down the injectors. That's why I want to know, do the injectors are the injectors really working? Does it have spark and so on? If this yeah. ECM is shutting itself off to save itself, I've got to start to think along those lines. I haven't seen it. I've seen it. A half a dozen times. 
in my career, but I have seen it. All right? Okay. And it's just something to think about. The other side of it is sure. you could get this car good and hot and set yourself up beforehand, get the car good and warm, let it run for a half hour hood down, build up some under hood temperature, measure it and do this test cold and do this test after you get it warm. Go over to where the ECM is, figure out which part of the harness is for the injectors and ohm okay. across the injector circuits. You probably, again, you know, to get to the injectors on this, I think that the upper plenum has to come apart. It may be a bit of work. I'm trying to remember exactly what a 91 looked like. If it's the one, two, three, if it's the, if it's the 12 bolts, the 12 tens that lifts the uh, the head off and the manifold is off and you're looking at it, fine, do it that way. You can ohm the injectors cold, ohm the injectors hot. Do they change? They should be roughly, excuse me, spec is typically 1.0 to 1.4. I'm going to give a little bit of a fudge factor, but if you've got a bad one, it's going to be it'll stick out like a sore thumb. It'll, you know, it'll be six, seven, eight ohms, ten ohms, something like that. It'll be crazy. Okay. All right. And if you see that, you've got an injector causing the ECM to overheat. I never even thought of that. Not even close. Nobody ever does. Nobody ever does. No. But I'm, I'm telling you, it can happen. Um, I've seen okay. it. All right. The last thing I want to mention, just because this is up in Minnesota and this is a Minnesota car. Just, you know, I I think about rust and corrosion. Just be very meticulous looking over body grounds and power point connections and wiring harness. Make sure nothing is soaked, damaged, crusted, crudded, you know, uh, crummy looking. I pretty much covered that myself. All right. Um, I kind of figured most most of my northern mechanics, as I think of you guys, uh, you're aware of environment creates conditions. And, you know, you, you usually got that covered, but I just wanted to be sure. All right, sir. term is crappy conditions. Yeah, I didn't want to say that. It's family radio, but I get it. So, all right. Okay, well, thank you very much for the information, and I will use it. You're very welcome, Brad. You let us know what happens. We're here for you, brother. Okay, thank you. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. 855-560-9900. Ron and Annie, the car doctor, coming up right after this. Hey, welcome back. Ron and Annie, the car doctor here. I, um... We've come to that special time in the show, Tony, Tony, Anthony. We've come to that special time in the show where I want to talk to you about something really important. Please, it better not be by, 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 by about my beloved New York Giants because no, we're going to have a problem. It's not about your New York Giants. Listen, I'm pulling for you, brother. Um, no, you're not. Yeah, I am. <laughs> Listen, I can, give you so, I can say something really good about the Giants if you want. No, no, I, I know you, you, you want me to. I can say something really bad, but this is a family show, so yeah, I can tell you something really good about the Giants. And what's that? They don't have to play as many games as the Mets. That is true. <laughs> that is true. You got to admit that's pretty good, right? Yes, yes, so, it is. You yes, know, the yes. season isn't as long. It's only we've only got another what twelve games to go. Yeah, and then it's over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and I'm pulling. Will be too. I'm, I'm pulling for you, baby. Um, no, you're not. But, but listen, we've come to that part in the show where. We've got the winner on the phone. The Millennium 50 scan tool, all right, from the folks over at LaunchTech, LaunchTech USA. Let's go over and talk to Roger. Roger, are you there, sir? I'm here. All right, listen, buddy. Um, you know what? We were really impressed with the fact that it, at, at, at your age, you're, you're back in, a, in mechanical school, and you're trying to, you know, learn about cars, and, and you're working on them, and all the things that you're going through out there in Dayton, Ohio. And uh, we're going to be sending this Millennium 50 scan tool, courtesy of the folks at Launch, Launch Tech USA, your way. So uh, you're today's winner, and uh, we're, we're happy to do it for you, and we hope you enjoy the tool. 
And, um, you know, it's uh, we think you're going to really enjoy this. It's uh, got great OBD2 information in it. And remember, OBD2 is where diagnostics begin. As I like to say, it's, it's always the first tool I reach for. Uh, you ever make it out to the shop, you'll see. I'm not lying. I'm, um, I'm telling you the truth. For all the scan tools I've got, there's the cheapest, ugliest, beat-up scan tool by the front door. Somebody says, i got to check engine light on. I'm going out for a road test. It's the first tool I grab. I always take the cheapy because it gets me in the right direction. So never under, okay. never underestimate OBD2. All right, brother? Thanks. So, uh, yeah, hey, we thanks. To, I appreciate it. Uh, you're very welcome. We wanted to call you back and let you know that, and uh, we appreciate you taking time to be on with us twice today. And, um, you know, like I said, uh, you enjoy it. you got any questions, you can follow up with the folks over at Launch, and you can uh, get more information at Launch Tech USA. Tom, would you get all Roger's information, address and phone number and all that good stuff? And uh, we'll get this out in the mail uh, this week. Thanks again, Roger. Good luck to you. Let's go over and talk to Ted. In Sunapee, New Hampshire, and uh, half ton Chevrolet, and uh, problem with snow plowing. Ted, this is we're not snowing yet up there yet, are we? No, no, but it, it, it happened in March, and we've been dealing with this problem ever since. Okay, um, and what exactly goes on here? Well, when when we were plowing, the uh, the the truck uh, quit and wouldn't run, and we we brought it back to the house, and uh, by the time we got back to the house, it would start. Um, and so he plowed around in the dooryard, and then it started to, to bother again. So we decided to take it to the uh, to a, a, a shop to have them look at it and see if they could diagnose what was wrong going on. Okay. And so then we started changing parts. Yeah. How many parts have we changed? Um, well, the first thing they did was they changed the crank sensor, the crank sensor positioning. Right. Uh, and then they changed the fuel pump. And then they changed the PCM. Oh boy! Uh, then they, they they had troubles with the PCM reading with the with the uh, tech found that there is no communication with the theft deterrent module. The theft deterrent module is part of the body control module. Tech tested the body control module wiring to the fast lock module and the fast lock module and programmed it. The vehicle now starts and runs, and then we get it back. And, and, and it worked it for about three weeks. And, and then it died. And then it starts. It started dying again. Now it seems to be dying a little more, more frequently than it used to. But it's such a tough thing to to diagnose because it's it's running. You know, okay. you leave it for the night, you go outside and turn the key, and it starts right up and runs. So when it doesn't start, is it that it's a no crank, or you turn the key and nothing happens? No, you turn it and the cranks over and over and over and over. It doesn't it just won't catch. Fire. Okay, won't yep. fire. All right. So at that point, what's it missing? Has it been at the garage that they've been able to test that? Is it missing spark? Is it missing injector pulse? Is it missing fuel pressure? What's it exactly I, missing? I don't. I don't think it, it's been. You know, it, it has, has been. It's been dead long enough that, it, that by the time you you know you get it to the garage, they go out and they turn the key and it starts. Okay. You know, it's like oh shoot, you know. Okay. And so then we drive it around again and then it quits again. So when they've diagnosed it, as far as retrieving codes, do they have they tried retrieving codes? Gosh, I would hope so. Do they... Yeah, it says, it, well, I can read you the report from the top. It yes. says, customer reports multiple codes. Vehicle will start and run, then will shut off. Please advise. Right, and and what codes are there? Are there any anti-theft codes, any 1600 series codes? I don't know that. Okay. You know, I'm thinking along the lines. I'm th- i got a bunch of things on my mind. I'll tell you, the first thing I would look for the next time it happens, I would go, I would go into the PCM and look to see... Does are any of the variable parameters, in other words, fuel trim, um, uh, monitors, you know, the self-test monitors for inspection, have any of those reset? 
And that's a fair question I can ask you. Does the car have a clock? Does the clock reset to 12? Or does the does the radio and the radio stations maintain memory? Although the radio stations they seem they seem to maintain memory. Yeah, the, the radio station thing kind of went out the door a couple of years before this because the manufacturers started burning radio IDs into the hard memory of the units. So, but I tend to look for. I want to know did the PCM lose power momentarily and and blank out? And one of the ways I'll do that is I'll look at monitors. Are the are the monitors or the you know what we what we call the self tests for inspection are they all incomplete because the PCM thinks it had a battery disconnect going on, all right? And that's one yeah. of the quickest easiest ways I get to the middle of it. Uh, you know, are any of the self test parameters are any of those uh, you know at the point of um, uh, you know that like they've been reset or are they showing you know where they were so to speak? And you would know looking at them, a mechanic would be able to tell if everything's at zero that means they've been reset. If they're showing negative ten, positive three, you know, you know that they 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 didn't. It was something else that killed this. But I don't understand why at this point they've gone through all this diagnosis. And I could talk about New Hampshire and snow plowing, and it's so easy to sit here and criticize and say, well, did they? Did they, you know, did they load test grounds? Did they look at, um, you know, various connections and, and uh, you know, things that are prone to salt, like my last caller up in Minnesota? One common thing comes to mind. At the back of the intake manifold, if I'm not mistaken, it was 03, 04, 05, 06, there is a very critical ground for the PCM. I think it's ground 201. It's G201 or G101, if I remember right. And yeah. it, it is the most critical ground. You, I've seen it where, because the way the engine moves around, if there's 16 strands of wire in the harness, it breaks 15 of them. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, that might be a good place to start. And, and, it, and, it, and it, you know what? Nobody thinks to look there. Most guys don't realize it's there. Um you know, and is it, and, is it like a like a, a woven wire? Is it an obvious ground thing that doesn't have any coating on it? No, it's it's it's, it's it's going to be in a it's going to be in a harness, and it's just an extension sticking out with an eyelet. What I would do is, if I would go through all the grounds, I would get a wiring harness out and look at power and ground distribution, power and ground distribution, and one by one, I would go through each one and verify them, and then the next time it dies, have them set it up so you can test spark and injector pulse right there on the road. It's cheap and easy to do. And at least they've got a direction the next time it happens. Call me back when you know more. I'm Martin Annie and the Car Doctor. We're back right after this. Hey, we're back. Martin Annie and the Car Doctor. 855-560-9900. Let's get over and talk to Ed in Michigan with a 2014 Escape and some coolant issues. Ed, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How can I help? Hey, Ron. Yes, Thank sir. you very much You're welcome. for taking the call. You're very welcome. First of all, we enjoy your show. Thank you very much. It's good that uh, we like your approach to the listeners. Well, I, hey, uh, I we've got it. a 2014 Escape, 2.5 or 7, whatever it is. 2.0. 2.0. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, EcoBoost. Okay, sure. Yep. All right. Got to run it really rough. Run it to the Ford dealer, and they had it for a few days and called us and said it had fluid antifreeze in the crankcase. They had to pull the engine. Okay. Then four, three, four, five days later, they called us back and said Ford was replacing the engine. Ford Motor Company was replacing the engine. 
so they had it for about three weeks, three maybe plus a few days. Right. And yes, they did replace the engine. I have no problems with that whatsoever. My question to them was, why? What happened? Yeah. And they said, we don't know. We'd done what we were told. We pulled it, changed, put the new one in, shipped it back to Ford. I can't find out why. And it's not that it's a critical, but boy, it's a definite curiosity. Yeah. How many block track? How many? How many miles on this head? Oh, that wasn't any more than thirty-five thousand on it. Yeah, I've I've got to think. You know, either a crack in a cylinder wall or a head gasket failure. A head gasket failure would be the more likely. They really have been pretty bulletproof. Uh, this this is this is actually the first one I've seen I've heard of a coolant failure for engine replacement required. So I learned something today. You know, this just doesn't happen. Um, they've well, been they've yeah. Been bulletproof. We, we searched the internet. Uh, you know, asked people, uh, the dealers, and everybody said the same thing. Yeah, yeah, gee, that's really a good engine. Yeah. Don't understand it. And and I've got to think that the fact that Ford wanted it back, if, if what they're saying is true, and I've got no reason to suspect otherwise, but if, if what they're saying is true and Ford wanted it back, guess what? Ford wants to know why, too. You know? they Well, they, it, 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 exactly, and yeah. that was our take on it. Yep. And I went over to the dealer and looked, and sure enough, they had the old engine out, put her on a skid, shrink-wrapped her up, tighter in her drum, and away she went. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's funny. I guess to a degree we're all spoiled by how good cars have gotten because now when we hear an engine needs to be replaced, we're like, really? <laughs> right? It just sort of It just sort of sticks in our head like, no, can't be. You know, it's it's. I mean, twenty years ago, fifteen years ago, you know, it, was, it got to be a common thing where you were doing engine overhauls and engine replacements on a regular, consistent basis. Uh, you know, if if this was a conversation about a Nissan, and I've got a I've got a very good friend that's a foreman at a, at a local Nissan dealership, and uh, you know, Tim spends most of his day doing engine work. That's all he does. It's either engines or transes. He's changing one end of the car or the other. And, uh, you know, it, it's I go in there, and I'm amazed, and I say to myself, why would anybody ever want to buy one of these things? Um, Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it just it's like, and I mean, I'm not talking older cars. I'm talking 16s, 17s, you know, newer Nissans, uh, you know, known, known for issues. Um, so I, yeah, I don't have an answer. I haven't seen it. Uh, I'd be curious if you get an answer. I'd like to hear it. You know, as, as 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 to what really transpired here, I would be um, I would be very curious because that little engine, uh, you know, it's 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 at the top of my recommendation list. I like that two liter EcoBoost, you know, as well as the Escape itself. I think they're great little cars, and you yeah. know, it's um, now. Let me say this too: uh, not the dealer may have had it a few days longer than he needed, and I don't know that. It just seems like three weeks plus is a, a little long. But, boy, I'm going to tell you, their warranty is just top of the line. Yeah. They didn't do anything but treat us good. Yep. Yep. Well, and I also give you some credit, Ed. Uh, You know, a lot. listen, anything can break at any time, and all you can do is deal with it head-on, unemotionally, and say, hey, how are we going to fix it and how are we going to make it right? I, I learned something from a customer this week. We had a Toyota Prius that needed a battery. It was actually last week. And I'll, I'll, I'll remember George's words as he was walking out the door for a very long time. I said, 
you know, because um, it took us an extra day to get it. We had to get a battery. It kind of caught us by surprise when it failed. I had talked about it in last week's show. And walking out the door, George said, yes, but you had a solution. And, you know, it made me realize all you guys are looking for is a solution. You want a reasonable solution to a difficult problem and a difficult Absolutely. situation. And, and, and that's, you know, I didn't realize it, but that's the key to auto repair. And that's the key to making somebody happy. And if somebody isn't happy with a reasonable solution to a difficult problem, then they're either nuts or you don't want them as a customer. You know, it's, it's just the way it is. And I don't care whether you're selling auto repair or hot dogs. It's, you know, that's the kind of person you're going to give them a hot dog with a bun, and they're going to go, I didn't want it with a bun. I wanted it on an English muffin. And you're going to be like, yeah, okay. Um, you know. Don't make life any tougher than it has. Right, me. yeah. It's, you know, I, I say this all the time. Life is hard enough when things are going well. Don't make it more difficult by adding something to the pot. So, but um, listen. Well, we were real curious to see if you had any. Uh, idea or had heard anything about it and and uh no nope. obviously obviously we both share the same opinion about the unit yeah absolutely the only the only known problem i know of coolant uh, issues on the escapes is the coolant bypass solenoid valve is failing but that won't cause what you're describing and you know that's being already taken care of by ford and you know they've got a couple of issues with that and it'll set a fault code and turn on a check engine light and that kind of thing but uh you know, other than that, you know, complete engine failure as a result of coolant in the oil. No, haven't seen it. Haven't seen well, it. Well, I hope I hope you're having a lot better day than we are. It's 94 degrees here today. Yeah, it's a little warm here today, too. The sun's shining, and uh, Tony's going to go outside and start sweating a little bit. Um, uh, you know, he's going to work out. He's Tony, Tony my, my board op, wants to go sign up for the uh, Giants after you guys uh, in Detroit beat them last week. So uh, he's... Uh, <laughs> You're going to see Tony on TV. He's going to take the place of flowers on the offensive line. Isn't that right, Tone? That's right. So yeah, anyway. there's, there's a lot of talk about that flowers tackle. Yeah, he um, he's got his issues. So anyway, all right, Thank Ed, I got I got to go, sir. You have a good rest of the day, and uh, thanks for being a member of the Car Doctor family. And uh, we appreciate what you're doing. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. Ron and Andy, the Car Doctor, coming back right after this. Okay, it's time for me to do my moonwalk. I mean, no, no, we're at a different show, a different show. Hello and welcome back, Ron and Andy in the car. Tony's eyes almost fell out of his head. Tony, you want to see me stand up and do a moonwalk? No? Yeah, it's, I, I have no rhythm, trust me. So, good mechanic, bad dancer. Let's go over and talk to, uh, let's go over and talk to Jeff in Las Vegas, 95 Pontiac Firebird. Hey, Jeff, how's it going out there today? What can I do for you? All right, Ron, thanks for taking my call. It, uh, a couple, maybe last month, I had uh, started the car. And real fast, it started overheating the coolant coming out of the corner to where the upper hose goes into the radiator and shut off tightly clamps, whatever. But it got really hot really fast. And um, I had a, a new coolant temperature sensor put in last year and everything, but it was one of those two-wire sensors, and I couldn't figure out why I got one wire. And then just like uh, I've really been into this for about a month, Find out I had the wrong thing in there. It's supposed to be a clean temperature sender, one wire, and cut that put in. But um, I was wondering if it could be a plugged radiator or just a PCM issue. Well, when it, when, it, when it overheats, Jeff, and if I understand you correctly, we got a little bit of a bad phone connection. When it overheats, it's you start out drying, and within three to five minutes, it starts boiling over. Is that what you're basically saying? 
Exactly. Okay. Yeah, up there it gets really soft. and. Um, All right, so why can't we just have a thermostat that's stuck shut? Put a new thermostat in. All right. That was one of the things that's going to be. So when it, when it boils over and it goes back to being hot, watch what I say, why can't it be a stuck thermostat? New doesn't mean good. New means never ever worked. So the question becomes: Is the upper is the upper radiator hose hot and the bottom hose cold, or vice versa, depending upon how this flows? Are both hoses equally warm, or is one cold, one hot? Gonna have to get back to the malware. Um, oh, I knew it was just the top of the extremely hot. I didn't get the bottom one, and uh, I just recently put it up on George Jackson. Battery out on the tender. Okay. I'm addressing leaks and. Uh, I was looking at a two-fan radiator, and I was thinking, I've never seen the fan come on. I don't know if that's too low. Well, and, you know, if the radiator is restricted, and if the, or if there's no flow, maybe, you know, could we have a water pump impeller spinning on the shaft? Could we have a worn water pump impeller that's corroded away from 22 years of operation? Uh, that could be it. I screwed up putting a power steering pump on there with a serpentine belt riding up, and oh, it was a long power steering Right. Did you put the belt on backwards? Is the belt on the wrong side of the pump? I had actually taken the pulley off the old pump with the wrong puller and bent it. It was a long, long trip. Right. This is my project car ride. That's all right, brother. When, you know, when I saw the call come up on the screen, I said to Tom, I said, I wonder if he's got the spoiler out in front. Those cars, that generation Firebird and Camaro, too, those cars will overheat. Not that this is your problem, but just for everyone else out there. Those cars will overheat if they're missing the front spoiler, that little piece underneath the bumper which was always the first thing that got knocked off in the parking lot in Butman's. If that's missing, how that, how that, if you look at the front of that car with the way the mouth opens up for the airflow through the radiator and the condenser, mm-hmm. all, all of that is critical airflow. GM spent a lot of money designing that, and then we get to have the thrill of knocking half of it off in a parking lot and all the panels fall apart. It's like, you know, GM, giant mistakes. What are these guys thinking? Uh, right. You know, but I have fixed more than a few Firebirds and Camaros that were overheating at various times for various reasons by attaching the spoiler back where it belongs and redirecting airflow correctly. So I never forgot that the first time I went through it. But, um, yeah, I have seen it, too, where the belt goes on the wrong side of the pulley and it spins the pump in the wrong direction, and that's why it overheats like you're describing. So I'll check that out. Uh, all right. Thank you very much. So, and uh, one quick question about the Camaro you brought up. I took a PCM off. I was in the junkyard a couple weeks ago, and the PCM was right there in the front and uh, It was only 30 bucks. So... I was wondering, do I have to get that program because I can put it in the Firebird? If the part numbers are the same, no. But you will have to change the Memcal. 95 should have been the last year of Memcal where it'll have the memory chip inside that you can take out and transfer in. Look at okay. the, But you have to look at the actual part number of the PCM. If the PCM part numbers match and the Memcal is removable, you should be able to transfer from one to the other. It's like swapping memory in a computer, and it should work. There may also be a modifier chip. You have to look and see. I can't remember the a Cal pack. I think it was called. If there's a Cal pack or a modifier chip for the Memcal, there was a Cal pack, a Memcal, and then the main computer. If there's a Cal pack, which is the modifier for the Memcal, which is the modifier for the PCM, you got to transfer everything over and just use that part number. Think of it as hardware where you're changing over the hard drive and the memory. All right. If if you can, it should work, and then you'll be okay. All right, brother. Brian, thank you so much. You're very welcome, sir. Good luck to you, and uh, let us know how it works out for you. Yeah, that's, um, you know, that's, I've seen that on more than a few calls where they are a few cars where, you know, we take the belt off and we start playing around with it, and the belt goes on the wrong side. And you think the engineers don't design it that way, but 
gosh darn if they do. And um, it does work out, so I bet you that's his problem. 855-560-9900. The Car Doctor is coming back right after this. Ron and the Car Doctor, 855-560-9900. Don't forget that number is 24-7. Call, leave a message. If we're not on the air, we're live on the network Saturday afternoons, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Call 855-560-9900. Leave a message, and Tom Ray will hook you up and uh, get you in queue for the next live broadcast. More information about this radio show, as well as podcasting and all the good stuff, streaming, etc. And you can stream this show. I should point that out. If you're podcasting and you want to stream it, you happen to feel like taking the show live one day and calling in, and you don't have to hear it, they'll call in. But if you want to hear it and be in live time, you can do the stream from cardoctorshow.com as well. Let's get over and talk to Lee in Maine. There's a return call about the Dodge Stratus, I think, from a couple of weeks ago and see what's going on here. Lee, welcome back. How can I help you today? Well, I just want to thank you. You were right on the money as far as the input and output. You said it could be either or, and it was the uh, input. This was the um, Stratus with the trans problem and the and the P zero seven twenty. Yeah, to first, right. yep. and the speedometer wasn't working, and the, but it would go into reverse, and so we tried the input, and that was it. And and now you're going to keep the car. Well, no, I'm going to sell it, but I just couldn't sell it like it was. Right. Right. Uh, but I do have. It does have an issue with the gas line, and I was just wondering anything that I could that on the market that that I could spray on it that would kind of give you an idea where that leak is. Usually, it's a carburetor, right? Well, well, there are no more carburetors. There have been carburetors on cars since '88. Oh. So yeah, and that's okay. Oh, there you go. Um, it, what you have a fuel leak in this car as well, Lee? Yes. Um, you you actually smell fuel. Oh, I actually see it when I turn it on. It'll it'll spit some. Uh, okay, so you're gas you're out. seeing it under the vehicle. Yes, sir. I uh, put uh, some um, cardboard, and I can see where it comes out. Okay, I then, mean you know it, yeah. it leaks. Then you've got to get it to your mechanic because there's a there's a crack in a fuel line somewhere. And, right, but uh, is there anything I can spray on it to find out exactly where yeah, it is? You, you wouldn't. You don't need to. He's gonna. He's he's gonna. He's gonna energize the fuel pump or start the car, and you're gonna see the leak right away. And, oh, really? Yeah. So it's towards the back of the the uh, rear tire on the driver's side. Right. This could be the fuel line as it comes out of the pump. This could be a tank leak. Although I would think if it was a tank leak, it would leak all the time. I don't see why it would matter if it was running or not, but I would probably be very cautious. Uh, well, you know, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't drive the car. I would probably tow it and get it to your mechanic and let okay. him look at it. You know, people say right. ah, I can drive it with a leaky fuel line. What's the big deal? Oh no, no, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. I, you know, um, I, I want. Yeah, no, I, I get that. You know, um, you could be yeah, a bigger I could issue. Do that. Yeah. Yeah, but I just thought maybe there was something that I could no. actually see where it's. No, coming. no need to actually spray it. Not necessary at all. So okay. yeah, he'll he'll be able to see They'll it. Don't have to the, replace the whole thing. The whole well, line it depends on what's bad. If it's a line, maybe. If it's the tank, probably. But the key becomes let him let him go and take a look at it, but don't drive it. Let him uh, let's see what's going on there. And uh, if you have any questions, give me a call back next week. Appreciate the call, Lee, and uh, good luck to you in this uh, in this endeavor. Wow. Boy, what a busy two hours. I'm glad, uh, and congratulations again to Roger in Dayton, Ohio. for the uh, He was the winner of today's Millennium 50 scan tool from the folks over at Launch Tech. 
No, there's actually one more call I wanted to t- take. It was on the official Ron and Andy and the Car Doctor Facebook page. It's a, a Jeep Liberty that was serviced. It has a, uh, I think that's a rod knock, fellas, if you're out there listening for uh, the guys in that club. So um, somebody give me a call uh, up here next week and we can talk about it. Until then, I'm Ron and Andy and the Car Doctor. The mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya. See ya.